God bless you. Thank you very much. Got uh, a few things going on. Wasn't this a great conference? This is fantastic. Amen. <laughs> Folks, I think we're on a on a roll. We had a, a phenomenal uh, Christian worker seminar. It was just amazing. It was great. It was just beyond imagination. And then we had a pastor summit. Uh, Jerry's going to fix something, which he always does. Thank you, Jerry. What do I need to do? Okay. Ooh, that's hot. It was a phenomenal pastor summit as well. And it was just beautiful. Uh, Richard started it off, and then some of the things are going on. You know, we've had a, according to Bob's presentation, we've had a rough decade financially. You know, and, and so, but the pastors came together in a spirit of love and concern and were just so open and willing. It was, it was the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen. Steve made that comment and I, I thought the same thing and, and most of the pastors are there. And I want to tell you uh, that, that as Jeff uh, Fletcher introduced me in Carolina, I'm just Joe from Pumpkin Center, almost like an alcoholic. I am a sinner, saved by grace, amen? And so we started that off with just a little illustration, and I'm going to let Rob Bernheisel do that illustration, and I'm going to get a stand that doesn't fall when I preach. Rob, would you come up? Rob has a little illustration, take two or three minutes. Yeah. Here you go, right here. I think so. Just keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking until it works. Oh, that works. Thank you. Uh, I want to share that illustration. If you don't mind, I just want to share a thought I came up with since then. Because when I went to the summit, they presented something to us that I had no idea they were going to present. And a, a thought came to me, and I shared that. And I, I think a lot of the pastors appreciated it. But uh, I just wanted to ask you, just out of curiosity, uh, whose fault was the original sin? Was it Adam's fault? Was it his fault? No, nobody thinks it was Adam's fault. Either that or you're all dead. Uh, how about Eve? Was it her fault? Was it Eve's fault? Well, I see a few guys saying Eve, so I know that one. So. What about the serpent? Was it the serpent's fault for the original sin? Okay, we run out of choices, most people would say, and most of you haven't done things. So maybe I am preaching to the graveyard. What happened to Aaron? So, uh, but uh, Alice, you're preaching anyway. Just push give an illustration. You got two minutes, Rob. <laughs> But, but anyway, you know, there, there's even a, a fourth choice in there. There's a fourth choice. And I know you all a bunch of religious people, so you're not going to say this choice. Are you? You're not going to say that choice. The fourth choice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who made that tree? Oh. Who made that tree? Okay. Who put that serpent in the garden? Who created that serpent? So we got a fourth option. Fourth option. But you know what? When it all comes down to it, I don't care who you vote for, who you think's at fault it was, the problem wasn't 
whose fault it was. It's just like if this communion table here with the bread was set here on the edge, and you know, Joe's an animated speaker. He's an animated speaker. I've heard him speak before. Let's say Joe gets excited and he knocks this over and all that bread's down there on the floor. Now, are we going to say it's the fault of, of me for putting it on the edge or is it Joe's fault for knocking it over? Some would say my fault. Some would say Joe's fault. But you know what? The important thing is whose fault is it? What's the important thing? Who's going to clean it up? That's the important thing. You know, the important thing about the garden wasn't whose sin it was, but who's going to clean it up? Because who cleaned it up? God. God cleaned up the mess, didn't he? There's nobody else to clean up that mess, but God cleaned up the mess. I've discovered in my life, my, especially my relationship with my wife, when we have a problem, you all don't know what I'm talking about because you never have any problems. But when we have a problem, when we have a conflict, we may try to decide it's her fault, it's my fault. But you know, that never really solved the problem when we decided whose fault it was. But when we try to decide, well, I don't care whose fault it is, I'm just going to start cleaning it up. And that's what really counts. And I'll even share one other precious thing. I, I gave this in a sermon illustration one time, and I knocked over something. You know, on purpose in the sermon, and then I asked the question, who's going to clean it up? And uh, at the end of the service, of course, I'm out there greeting people, and I look up front, and there's this elder down on his hands and knees, and I know he's got problems with his hands and knees. He's up there cleaning it up. He's got my respect. So the question I, I, I shared with him that the minister summoned is, I don't care whose fault it is. I just want to know who's going to clean it up. Amen. Thank you, Rob. This conference was started with a board meeting on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. And it was the most beautiful board meeting beginning I've ever seen or been at. Uh, Christy was leading the devotions. Bob was the chair. But we started out with about an hour and 30 minutes of prayer. It was so great. And I mentioned one of the points that Bob C. brought up, and I was just overwhelmed with that. We started off right, and I pray, you know, we will continue to go through this night and just giving honor to God and, and the communion itself. This It was such a beautiful week. So we started off right, and the, the discussions, the forum forums have been great, haven't they, Bob? The forums have been great. We did this at Christian Worker Seminar. We're going to do it again. Bob and I are in agreement. This is a good thing. We need more input. And so we're going to do that again. We need your help. Uh, Mark 10.45, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. I am just Joe from Pumpkin Center, and the board has asked me to do this for a while. You know, and I will do it for a while as long as the Lord is able to, to empower me to do that. I want you to just turn your head to your right and read our mission statement again. To serve churches and individuals in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's kingdom. That's almost Acts 8.12, pretty close anyway. But the first two words are the point of the general conference and what I feel obligated to tell you. We are to serve. 
as we serve him, as we serve you, as we serve the churches, as we serve the individuals, we come into the plan of God. And according to Jesus, if you want to be the greatest, you're going to be the servant of all. That's the deal. That's where we're going. That's where it needs to be in this decade. This is going to be a great decade, I think. Uh, Barbara, we were riding to uh, Nashville with Barbara and Anthony, and Barbara had the Time magazine, and I shared it with some of you. There's a copy out on the, on the table. One of the top ten ideas of this decade is the re-Judaizing of Jesus, allowing Jesus to be seen and heard from the Jewish perspective. Folks, that's all that we're about. We're about the Bible. This has been a beautiful conference. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. The entire fundamentals, foundational statement of Abrahamic faith is God is going to do what he said he would do. Now, old man Abraham didn't get that fully until he was about 110 or so. Yeah. God is not a man that he should lie, you know, or the son of man that he should repent. Abraham finally got it when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac and he understood God would raise him up because God said, through Isaac shall your seed be called. That's what Abrahamic faith is, Sarah, to believe that what God says, God is going to do. It's that simple. And I'm just a simple-minded man from... And I like that title of that church, Simple Teaching Bible Church. God made man simple. His complex problems are of his own devisings. Ecclesiastes 7.29, the New Jerusalem Bible says. And Hosea 12, 8 and 9. Joel's going to put that up, but I'll flip and turn here. Uh, you know, God is not a man or the son of man. So let me just look at that for a minute. I'm going to read, how can I give up Ephraim? And how can I surrender Israel? How can I surrender the church of God? How can I make... I added a verse there. Adma, how can I treat you like Zebulun? My heart is turned over within me and all my compassion is kindled. I will not execute my anger. I will not destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst. God is a God of compassion, the compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in truth, maintaining love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Well, I believe that. I got two people in this room that know just about every biggie I've got. Scott Ross and Joe Myers. They know my big stuff. It may be a, a quarter of a century old, but they know it. And it still haunts me. But according to my understanding of the Word of God, He has cast my sins as far as the east is from the west. Amen? So we have a God. In our church, our group, our denomination, in every group, in every church and denomination, should rely totally on the Word of God because God is not a man that He should lie. Amen? That's Abrahamic faith. That's it. 1 Corinthians 4, 6, and the NIV says, Paul is acknowledging, and they had troubles too. They had troubles just like you. Just like you, Brother Rufus. Just like you, Brother Wally. Just like all the church, they were having arguments about this and that and the other. And Paul says, how about don't touch to all these arguments and groups for me? How about just don't go beyond what is written? Yeah. To learn that, uh, yeah. 
Learn not to exceed what is written, the NASB. Don't go beyond what is written, that's it. And Proverbs 30, 30 verse 6 just simply verifies this. Don't add to God's word or he will rebuke you. We discussed this in the morning class, Brother Dan. I don't want God to rebuke me. You know, I am not sinless. But as I come under the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, I do sin less as I stay in His will and I incarnate Christ in my life. I sin less. It's an amazing thing. When you're led by the Spirit, you become a child of God. If you're a child of God, then you're heir of God. If you're heir of God, you're more than a conqueror, Romans 8. So... There's, there's a there's a good verse for us. I just love this diversity we're working with. Uh, John 4, the Samaritan woman, verse 23 is a key verse that Joel's going to get us to in a minute. But this is a Samaritan woman. You know the story. Jesus goes to the well and she says, well, we worship on this mountain and you worship down there. Rebecca and I, by the way, stood on Mount Gerizim. You know what was on top of Mount Gerizim? An Israeli military outpost. You know what's down at the bottom? Uh, occupied territory, Arabs. We, we hitched a ride in an Arab taxi up to the top. We were wild in our young days. And the Israeli soldiers said, what are you doing here? You rode up with Arabs? But on top there, it has the Mount of Isaac's sacrifice. On top of Mount Gerizim, there's a little sign. This is where the Samaritans thought Abraham offered Isaac. Now, and they basically says, you go down with a soldier and you get in the soldier truck and you get out of the occupied truck. And we did. I have a picture of us in the back of a pickup truck with a canopy on it and the Israeli soldier, soldier with his M16. But they thought that was the place to worship. Of course, the Jews know Jerusalem is a place. The holy temple was still there. This is Jesus' time. The temple was still there. Herod, this beautiful golden thing that Jesus eventually said, not one stone is going to be left on the mountain. And so he, he began dialoguing with the woman. You know, verse 23. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This is not an if or and, you know, this is a both and, folks. We have to be in tune with God, with His Spirit, and be walking. If you walk after the Spirit, you're not condemned. There's therefore now no condemnation who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We need to be walking by the Spirit. I love the Spirit of our young people nowadays. I really do. Oh, I'm old and crotchety. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Amen. Okay. I remember a time I was, we were talking about Jeremy. Alan, uh, Greg's brother came in. How's Jeremy doing? I said, he's doing great. But there was a time Jeremy was going over, as Ed Bond says, fool's hell. I remember, have you ever done this, Greg? Got one of your kids' chest and just, and you will go and take this class. And man, I was just in his face. And I was getting him agitated. But he's come around. He, he was, Came to, he got out of that stuff. Got out of that stuff. When I see Aaron and Josh and Sean and Jerry Briggs, Lord have mercy. Sorry, Jerry. Jerry's my buddy. 
This is phenomenal. This is great. And, and Anthony and I went to Africa. It's almost like spirit and truth, you know. You know. By the way, I want to tell you that Anthony and I danced in Africa. Now, come on now. Come on. We did. We got that shuffle, don't we? Not together with the people. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, Sir Anthony. But when I was thinking about this, isn't this our goal? When we go through truth and tribulation, uh, we're going to come to a triumph because Jesus says, there is coming an hour in which you'll neither worship in this mountain or that mountain, but you'll worship the Father in spirit and truth. That's it. We're coming together. I like the dwelling in Beulah. That's an old hymn, Aaron. I'm talking old hymn. That was great. That's great. So we're coming together. I got a funny story about that. Paul Van Dyke, Joe Myers, Jerry Briggs, and Joe Martin went golfing as a, as a charity event for Hospice Sacred Heart where Dave Rowley works. We were golfing. You ought to see Joe and Jerry compete. <laughs> Joe and Jerry just, you know, just... And uh, this is when you just got here, like, and the picture's on Facebook, so you want to check him out. He's on Facebook with the, right underneath. But we just got, he just got here, and we, I didn't know all of Joe's historical things, and neither did Jerry. And Jerry, at one point, was given, he's, here's Joe setting up, you know, just as you need to, and Joe just looked at him like, you fool, who are you talking to? Come to find out, Joe grew up on a golf course. I didn't know that, Jerry, and Jerry didn't know that. And we were just trying to help the, the, the preacher out, weren't we? <laughs> we were just trying to help Brother Myers out. And then Joe called a shot. And I remember, I don't know what hole it was on, but Joe called a shot. He says, I'm going around this tree. I'm going to slice it right. And it was, you know, the fairway went this way. He says, and he called the shot. I'm going through this tree, around that little opening, through the fairway. I'm, I'm going to be in the middle. Man, he hit a ball. Now, he planned this. And it went straight through that tree and wound up on the... Did you remember that? Oh, I said, I'm going to shut my mouth about Joe Myers. <laughs> but we've got to come together. The old people, the young people. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. We need to come together on this, folks. Jesus died, Revelation 5.10, for every person from every tongue, nation, and tribe, every ethnos, phylos, glossos, and laos, Greek, every laity involved, every ethnic group involved, every language involved, every category of mankind, Jesus died for them. And thank God the church of God has got some mission eyes on now. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We have an interest in every person. Every person is a candidate for the kingdom of God. This is so beautiful. So we're coming together. I, 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 so I use Joe and Jerry as an illustration. Of course, Jer Jerry and I have had a few. Art. Joe Myers even got in my face the other morning in a, in a board meeting with the staff. These children, these young people aren't going to chapel. What are we going to do? David Krogh and I for 20 years have been trying to get young people to chapel. But Joe and Jerry and Kim are going to solve this next year. 
That's almost like the slice, Joe. <laughs> I mean, Jared giving you advice about God. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But we're coming together, folks. We're coming together. That's the big thing. We may have some tribulation. We may have had a hard decade. And we have, as Bob Morrison says, have had a hard decade. If you didn't notice that chart, it's uh, blah, 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 dollars less assets than we used to have. But the greatest asset is the Lord God. Amen. I believe God. I wrote that article. And I do. Simon Sinek. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the, how are we going to do this? What is it all about? Well, my question, what's the why? And the why is, I believe God. I believe God's going to do what he said he's going to do. That's Abrahamic faith. And God will get us through this one way or the other. Amen. Now, I liked our point on tribulation. Uh, Brother Rufus's most famous verse is, in this world you will have trouble or tribulation. But take heart, as Brother Jeff said, I've overcome the world. You will have trouble. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. We, we are going to have tough times. But Jesus made it and we'll make it. I cannot guarantee, where's Wally? I cannot guarantee, Wally, we won't have a war in the Middle East this decade. So I can't guarantee everything's going to be perfect in the general conference because if there's war in the Middle East and gas goes to $10 a gallon, I think contributions will be down. Now that's pretty stupid, but that's right. So, but I do feel, I do know, almost like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. I don't know if he will, but our God is able to rescue us. And even if he doesn't, he's still God, and you're not. Amen? Hallelujah, praise God. So I'm on this kick about God. We, we, you know, we had this class on modern scholarship. God is in, in charge, folks. God says, I am, I am not a man that I should lie. You know, we look at the, the great Shema, Deuteronomy 6-4. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Ehad, one. It's a pretty simple thing. Did Jesus change the creed? What's that line, Sir Anthony? Christianity is the... Ah! Oh, ah! Oh, Christianity, Mark 12. Let's go to Mark 12, 29. Christianity is the only religion that begins by discarding what Jesus said was most important. What did Jesus say was most important? Well, well he repeated that. Mark 12, 29. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know this, but I, and it's on the boards, but I want to see it in front of me. Jesus answered. They asked, what commandment is the greatest? And Jesus answered. Remember, Mark is the first written God, gospel. Mark in priority, first gospel in time. What commandment is the foremost of all? 29. And Jesus answered, the foremost of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. The Lord, he was quoting, I think he was quoting Hebrew, by the way. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, Yahweh our God, is one God, one Lord. Be hot. One. It's a simple thing. Jesus didn't change that. So I'm on a God kid. And I know we need to be on a God kid. Abba, Father. Jesus' favorite term for his Father was Abba, Father. Over 40 times, Jesus directs his words, my father. Forty Over 40 times, my father. That's how Jesus honored his father in heaven. 
John 17, 3, it's, you know, we hammer this first and hammer this first. You want to know what's important? Church, you want to know what's important? You want to know how to triumph? Here's how to triumph. John 17, 3 tells you how to triumph. Triumph to me would eventually be the kingdom of God and eternal life, wouldn't it? Life in the age to come. So we eat on him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have said. Isn't that beautiful? It's so simple. It's so simple, isn't it, Wilma? It is so simple and beautiful. You got a daddy in heaven that loves you and cares for you. And if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give us something. Amen? It's, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. And then you go on to Jesus. I, I could cover a lot of verses about Jesus. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the one. You know, Jesus said in Luke 24.44, Everything written about me must be fulfilled in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalm. Everything. Everything, Casey. Law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalm. Everything written about me. And it, it, you know, this is who our Jesus is. Not some angel, Michael the archangel. Not some Zeus Prometheus on Mount Olympus. We were talking about <laughs> Steve Ahn was talking about. Not some God, uh, Prometheus come down. He's a seed of the woman. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman will crush. <clears throat> Hallelujah, praise God. Genesis 12.3, the descendant of Abraham is going to bring blessing to the whole world. You know, these are these are things that you've known from you. If you don't, you need to learn. The seed of the woman. The scepter, Genesis 49.10, the scepter will not depart from Judah. We even know which tribe he's going to be from, Brother Ray. Joyce, he's going to be from Judah. So when Saul was from Benjamin, he might be in there for a while, but he's not going to be in there forever. Second Samuel 7.16, the Davidic covenant, your house, your kingdom, and your throne will be established forever. A descendant of David. My favorite, because of my sins, bless my heart, is Isaiah 53.6. Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Doesn't that just grab you, Dad? I, that grabs me. The Lord God, let me see, let me get there. But I'm pretty sure the, the Lord is capitalized. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us to his own way. But Yahweh, the Lord, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. That's, thank God for grace. I call Scott. This, this memory was haunting me. Scott saw it. I get a little teary when I, I said, Scott, this thing is haunting me from 30 years ago. It's haunting me still. And he said, you know, God has really, if you confess, he asked me some questions. If you confess this, because I, you know, first I know First John one nine, but sometimes it doesn't work out in your feelings. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Did you? Yes, I went before the elders and we I just went through the process. 
But the feeling is different. And I know what David, forgive me the sins of my youth. But praise God, you work through the process. Thank God for grace. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. Amen? I know, you know, there are sins in this congregation tonight. Huh? As Vince says, huh? Vince Fendinger just, there's sins here tonight. I know that. Why? We're human. We sin. But we have an advocate with, with the Father. One God, one meter, between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So what's important for the church of God? What's important for you? For, you know, and we went over this in Second Chronicles 7.14. It's a very simple verse. Now, I call it in my, when I was doing Old Testament before Bob took over, I called it the seven point formula for life. The seven point formula for life. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal the land. Folks, we need some healing for our triumph to come. Amen? So we need to do that. Humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. We were not good stewards. I don't know how you want to put it. We were not good stewards the last decade. And like Daniel at the pastor summit, I read Daniel 9. Father, we have sinned. We've done wrong. I didn't even, I, I didn't know, I wasn't looking at those little brackets. Gary's always putting around stuff. There you go. We're going to start looking at God is so gracious. Thank God for that. Uh, this is a trick question. You know, when the disciples were approached after Jesus ascended, and the apostles, they were asked to take care of the widow's table. They said, you know, we're going to choose somebody else because we need to devote ourselves to prayer. Yeah, I, I nailed somebody. I even caught somebody in Carolina saying, the word. Well, the word comes second, folks. Acts 6-4. Is that on, Josh? Uh, Acts 6-4. is. You know, look at this a little closer. Look at this a little closer. Acts 6-4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. To prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Prayer has to come first. Your relationship with God is critical. Oh, I know that. I could spend my spend 12 hours a day down at Avalon 4th floor and I'd be Martin Matt all the time. <laughs> And so it's not about, it's about our relationship first. We've got to devote ourselves to prayer first. Make sure we're in tune first. And so I, I tried to make a point, of, you know, to take a half a day off. And Jeff, Jeff suggested that even a short sabbatical is better than none. So just concentrate on the word. And I've gotten these, and this is why I'm on this Yahweh kick. And I'm doing my Bible work study. I says, man, this is good stuff. We got it. We got to keep this up. Don't slow down. So God and Jesus, prayer in the church, and our mission statement says to church serve. Jesus says, "I will build my church." So how are we going to build Jesus' church through Jesus? Galatians two twenty. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. We must rely on Him. Esther six six asks a funny question: What shall be done for the man the king delights to honor? There's a crown over that triumph. Did you notice that? What shall be done for the man the king delights on? And you know the story. Haman thought it was about him, so he came up with all this good stuff. It was really about Mordecai. The king's 
Well, Haman says, well, let me see now. I'm going to put in a, uh, how about the king's horse? Yeah, yeah, good idea. How about the king's crown? Look, the king's crown. And take him through the king's city and give him the king's proclamation. And, and, and so to get the king's servant out there and lead that horse through there and say, this is what shall be done for the man the king that I saw. And the king says, wow, Haman, that's a great idea. So we are in this to triumph, and triumph is, this is eternal life, that you, they, they, may, they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So we're looking for the overcoming and the triumph, and I believe we will overcome if we persist. Amen? I believe we will triumph. There's two great verses. I'm going to go to Romans 8, 34 and 35 first, God. Romans 8, 34. This is the, this is a celebratory. There's therefore now no condemnation who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And if you walk after the spirit, you're a child of God. If you're a child of God and you're an heir of God. And I think I have verse 34 and 35 on there. Look at this, folks. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. One of the 21 times it says that. Who intercedes for us? Who and what shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? Will tribulation, will distress, will persecution, will famine, will nakedness, will peril, will the sword separate us? No! In all these things we're more than confident. 38. Jump on down a couple verses. I don't know if you can do. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Angels are principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We will enter the kingdom as we persist in faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. As a verse, all of you Matrix fans, I used this in my first chapel, I think, this year at ABC, and I want to go over it again. It's in Hebrews 12, 22. This is like the triumph. What are we going to get? What shall be done for the man the king delights What shall be done for the woman that the king delights on? Dale almost missed it. Just said, gentlemen. And Christy started to look up. And Dale said, oh, yes, ladies too, ladies. I saw That was good. That was good. There's neither Jew nor Greek. They all the Here's what you're going to be blessed with. Verse 22. You have come from Mount Zion. Not Gerizim, not the old, you know, slice of cow every day or a sheep every day, Jerusalem mountain. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, of myriads of angels and the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all men, even the spirits of righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the sprinkled blood. With his blood, he purchased men from every tribe, nation and tongue. You have triumphed in Jesus. You have the ability to be a child of God. You have the ability to be a king or a priest. Amen? I, I think this is going to be a good decade. I'm not 100% sure. They won't be still financially tight if there's war in the Middle East. But I believe as we come together, as Joe Meyer, I'm coming back to Joe and Jerry, 
These boys have worked together hard. They butt heads a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I should tell you. They butt heads, but they're coming together. When I see Jerry up there wailing on the drums, or playing bass, or playing keyboard, and Joe is, Joe is a phenomenal preacher. We all have to come together. Amen. And we will try. Please help us to come together as we're trying. Because he loves us so much. He wants us in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen.